Hey everybody, my name is Michael Rosso. This is Film Photography Podcast, May 15th, 2018. I'm thrilled to be here in the FPP <laughs> studio with the gang myself. That's me. The mm-hmm. gang myself. <laughs> I've never heard of them. Mean? I'm making just things up. Mike yeah. Rosso's a great bunch of guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start this way. Matt Marash. Oh, whoa. Ba- whoa. Backwards order. Hey, how's it going, guys? John Fidelli. How you doing? Mark O'Brien. Hey, I'm caffeinated. Leslie Lazenby. Hello, pod people. And when, before we started uh, recording the show, both Leslie and... John, they both have the Lomo Instant Square. Uh, what's it called? The Tel Aviv. Pagal. Tel Aviv. Pagal from the, the Pagal Square. In the Paris. Pagal. That's the version of the camera you have. Yes. This shoots a instant square picture, uh, not unlike Polaroid. It's a little bit smaller. Yeah. And J- Leslie, she's going to talk about the camera. She loves it. John would love his camera, but it's it's spitting out dark images. Yeah, it's not not so good. If you shoot available light outside, how do they look? Same thing. Oh. The, the the I shot a photo of my house. The background was a slightly overexposed, and my house was completely underexposed. Dead. You have yeah. a problem with the camera, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But great. <laughs> yes, we're going to come back to that in just a few minutes. Let's open up with a letter John Fidelli's going to read. Yes. Well, we have something from Chance Woolavy. 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 It says Woolavy. Chance. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it says, uh, We film shooters love you guys and will always support you. I don't want you to think I'm a weirdo for saying this, but here it goes. I like monkeys in tuxedos. No. <laughs> You, sir, have created a community out of thin air. Yes, there are other film camera podcasts, but FPP is unique because it's not all about film. When listening to the show for the first time, I was instantly captivated. I'd even bet people who couldn't care less about film photography would be captivated by the show, What Show? It's true. You surrounded yourself with a wonderful cast of co-hosts, except for Matt Mirage. Both witty and intelligent. No. (laughs) Both witty and intelligent. The show is great, and the little touches you add are noticed. The music, the commercials, etc. I cannot imagine the effort you put forth for a single podcast and you really can't all this is, is caused by ufos because michael works very hard he, he does as, hard. as do all of you oh, with oh, you know preparing you. for this so it's not you know uh please keep creating the magic you do super positive super positive oh. chance chance well, thanks, oh that's chance. nice chance. so see that this is what nice. i've been saying for years what i'm this. glad other people <laughs> <laughs> Hi, People my name is Chance. <laughs> Thank you very much. you yes. created a wonderful community. I put That's everything fun I have and, into and, it. And it's, it's as informative, fun as it is informative. It's passion. It is. Everything we do here, the school program, the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, the get-togethers when we, when we have them. Oh, gosh darn it. We need to talk about that. We will. Okay, good. We're going to get when. together this year. We are. Oh, well, yes. Oh. And more than just the six of us are invited. <laughs> and it's, seven, it's, it's, it's really just a, It's very simple it's, very, it's passion for shooting film Doesn't matter what format nope. Doesn't matter if it's moving pictures or still pictures You know, it doesn't matter if you're making prints Or, you know Believe me, I think we all know When we're hanging out in the real world Most people don't give an F Nope It's, not, it's not that they're being mean nope. They just don't They just don't get it They'll look at it and go, oh, okay yeah. They just don't thing. care it's, You know second thought. Why, but be like, why? Why would you? Why would you? Or they go, what? You can still buy film. Yeah, oh, that's, that's what I hear cute. Why oh, would you want to shoot? Yeah, like people ask me, especially with the motion picture, because I've been shooting these little shorts and us just goofing around. Like, why? Why would you want to do that? <laughs> why? Why would you want? To, you could just. You, What's wrong with you? you just use your phone. Yeah, <laughs> I can't I explain it. it. It's just. It's you know. Hey, it's what we do. Yeah. So thank you, Chance. I'm. I'm really. Thrilled that so many listeners enjoy listening as much as we enjoy making the podcast. So you, you terrific! Put a, you put a lot of blood, sweat, and Mr. Brown into every show. I do. I, uh-huh. I do. Let's talk immediately about the sous vide camera. <laughs> By the way, I have. Uh, I don't know how much caffeine is in this. I don't know. They don't tell you how much caffeine's in Coca Cola, do they? Uh. Sugar zero. Have to start vaping to get my heart rate down. This, that. <laughs> this is a twisted mango diet coke. So we have ginger lime. Ginger I have twisted lime, mango. Yes. Zesty cherry. The idea sounds pretty revolting. And from a person uh, who doesn't drink soda at all. Really? Yeah. Mango coke. Coke. Zesty cherry sounds like some uh, performer. 
Oh. I'm going to go to that. That's special, the mango. Is it? Yeah, it's special. Hmm. Very good. Let's talk about the um, problem at hand. The problem at hand? I think, John, you just have a, a, a... Malfunctioning camera. Yes. Yes. Definitely. So let's Good not. Cam. Or I should say, cam. we yeah. should sing the body electric. Does Don't. anyone know what that is? Yes. Oh. Well, what what is it? Oh, I think we it's should sing the bo- it, uh, sing the body electric. Oh, sing is it Isaac the body Asimov? Electric. It's a Twilight Zone episode. Oh. Richard Matheson. Who wrote it? I don't know who wrote it. Uh, well, I just know Wiltman it as an episode. Wrote the play, didn't he? I don't know. We're all wrong. I wrote the poem. No, I know it's Twilight Zone episode. Matt, you have the you have the sing the body electric. Who wrote I sing the body electric? Alexa, who who wrote I see the body electric? I don't know, Michael. And please wash your socks. <laughs> Written by Ray Bradbury. Oh, oh of course. How yes. stupid of us. Named after a Walt Whitman poem. Oh, Does it say which see? episode it is? Um, Season episode one hundred. Classic, great, special. You can find that on it's the a, Netflix, nice by one. the way. Yes, you can. Well, one, two, three, and five. Take it away, Leslie. Got it. Well, you know. If you guys know me, or even if you don't know me, in one of my past lives, I was noted for shooting all things Polaroid. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> a lot of bit. Uh, even today, the license plates on one of my cars a variant spelling of Polaroid. I still love the stuff, you know? I love the instant satisfaction. That's what everybody says. I love the instant satisfaction of imaging. But... I think more deeply what I really like about instant photography is it's one. That's it. That's it. You have the original. I don't feel about my negatives. They're the most original, and there's only one. Everything else is a copy. Mm -hmm. Really in the same way as I do about an instant positive. What I really, really have the passion or had the passion for was the SX-70 and the Time Zero film. And even though I am not comfortable with square format, square format framing or composition, it didn't matter. I loved that stuff. Tell me, world tell me, table tell me, what is cooler than a folding SX-70 and its film? Nothing. It is magic. Mm. It's pretty sweet. Anyway, the marvels of that technology I don't really think have been duplicated today. That was a great system. I truly, truly miss using that camera with the original films. I've supported the Impossible Project and currently Polaroid Originals. Also, Fuji Instat cameras. I revel every time Polaroid Originals introduces a new formula. Mm -hmm. It's better each time. I love having these instant films in black and white. They're beautiful. I thank them greatly for saving all of our integral cameras from being in the trash and boat anchors. And I think also, too, for allowing a new generation to see the thrill of instant photography. Then there's Fuji, (laughs) which for me has been a love-hate relationship. Maybe maybe more of a love-disappointment relationship. They made the most beautiful peel-apart film for pack cameras and they crushed us. Mm-hmm. They took it away. <laughs> they keep crushing us. They dashed us. our dreams. But they also introduced the Instax line. Still saving the love of instant photography. But something about Instax, and people love Instax, but it just never clicked with me. Uh. Now, I'm not, it's not a little, you know, whatever. It just didn't click with me. Maybe because I bought an Instax wide. I liked box. it. I did. I liked no small mammal. <laughs> uh, but I didn't get through three packs of film, and the front lens popped off, and there were springs and covers mm-hmm. and everything going everywhere, and that made my camera unusable. I kind of lost interest. And the Impossible Project I1 was introduced. Did anybody here do the I1? Uh, we had one in store. I played with you, one. Yeah. And, and I didn't use it at first. Didn't have a care. It had a great idea, but... I'm an Android user, mm-hmm. and of course no the original software was iPhone. I realize they do Android app it now, but that was then. Took too long. Yeah, took too long. I'm gone. I'm over it. I'm instant. Mm-hmm. Now along comes Lamography, and they have a Kickstarter for the instant square camera. Hmm, maybe. Kind of like I like the Instax film. That's okay. It's, it's the Instax film is. 
as I mentioned, beautiful. It has a lovely color rendition. So, along with the Instax film, to be positive with one, not negative with the other, there are no special hoops to using this film. Mm -hmm. There's no making sure it's covered, Mm -hmm. sticking your underwear to keep it warm, none of that crap. Well, you know. Compared to... The, the Polaroid or Impossible film, Impossible? which es- yeah. especially the the previous formulas that we've yes. dealt with, you had to deal mm-hmm. with covering it, frog tongues. Those are kill, under, kill undercover joys. underwear. Those are killjoys at parties. Yes, yes, it is. Like literally killjoys. And, and mm. y- yeah, parties mentioned in yes. here. What's coming up? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, I'll take a look at it. This newest camera uses the newest square format. Oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. What? WTF. What the F-stop. They're offering it in red. I love cameras in color. Why was I not surprised? You know, let's face it. Lomography Mm. has some really cool designs. They They really do. They put sexy back in. They did. They put sexy back into cameras. And they give that lovely name like Pigal. 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 Okay, I'm in. Click. I'm I'm with you guys. Let's do this. And then when you do that with Kickstarter, you just kind of forget about it, don't you? Then one day, your lab box shows up on your porch. Yeah. One day. Three years in the future. (laughs) Anyway. um, I got a little message. Shipping notification. My camera's on the way. It hits me. I don't have any film, nor did I order any. So I ordered, ordered my film. And it got here in time. Um... It came, and I was not impressed. For one thing, I couldn't... I'm thinking, I spent all this money on this camera. They could have at least put a lid on the box when they shipped it. Mm. Well, it was a, a clear acrylic lid, and it had this silly little tab system. I like to keep my boxes. I ripped the little tab getting it off. I'm, I'm doing, a little, doing a little time down at the Jones Mansion, and Mike... Sends me an old text. I get a bang. And um, he says, so how do you like the camera? I said, I haven't gotten the box open yet. Leave me alone. I'm at the Jones Mansion. <laughs> I'm working. I don't have the box. It's not starting off well. I got it open. Once inside, I discovered there are no batteries. Yeah. And I'm home. At work, I've got all the CR2s you want. At home, I didn't have any. I got my film. I got my batteries. Got my camera opened, and all this techie stuff aside, and all the hassles I had, <laughs> I love this camera. I was surprised. He was, <laughs> he was surprised. I was surprised. What I, what I did not expect was the joy and the almost... I feel like I should have you guys like leave the room and I should light a little candle and all this. But what I, what I, what I did not expect was the joy and the almost intimate feeling when I put my film in this camera and it offered me the first picture. It did not spit it out the front. It comes out the top and you gently take it and pick it up. It's like it's offered to you. Well... That's charming. It was a nice feeling. I mean, a really nice feeling. But you know what? Warm fuzzy aside, if the image is subpar, I'm going to feel like John Fideli because he does kind of have a dog. But uh, if the image was subpar, camera's going to be another shelf queen. It's flat out how it is. Uh huh. That's what I call them. They they look pretty on the shelf, but they don't do anything else. That needs to be a segment name. Shelf queens. Shelf queens. Yeah. (laughs) Let's, Let's see what we get here. First thing we've got is... This camera, when folded up, looks like a 1980s. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah, like the like the handle's gonna oh, fold wow. out, the cartridge goes yeah. in there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's got um, a cool look. Sleek. It's cool. It's cool <laughs> it to is. look at. It looks old. It looks it, like it a 19. Definitely looks like a 60s, late 70 70s camera. Looks like a future, a retro future. Yes. Design. Mm-hmm. The operation. Um, I float back and forth when I first started using this thing. Where's the little release to get the lens open? Yeah. Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> it isn't. You, got, you kind of have to put you your thumbs it. on it and pop it up. And pop it's like, it out. It's a little manhandly, don't Wait, you think? So no, it's no a violence, interesting though, right? way. It's, no. A little. Yeah, violence, a little violence? A little bit. You've got to be firm. You've got to be firm. Ooh. Okay. It's not. Go ahead. Try it, that it, out. 
it looks Frank like it's going to break. I know, <laughs> but, but it doesn't. It doesn't. This. No, put your thumbs like right here. Well, that's it. And then. Yeah, gently. gently. Oh. See go. what I mean? It's Gentle kind pressure. of a, it's a little, little cringy. A little cringy. A little yeah, awkwardy. Like, uh, little, yeah. Nah, not right. grindy, but cringy. All those cracks and, you uh-huh. know, that but every it, time you open it. Actually, you, it's like being a chiropractor. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but once it's open, there is a, a little protective Sturdy. lens cover. It opens Sit. the lens as you... Yes, that there's a built-in nice. lens cover. You pop it up, it goes out of the place. Is it out of threaded, place. too? Can you put filters on it? Yes, it is. Ooh. We'll get to that. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. So, and it also resets itself when you close it back mm-hmm. to the middle most usable distance. Oh, I see. It's pushing that, too. Mm. Oh. Slick trick, huh? It has a... A host of extras, such as multiple exposures, plus and minus uh, overrides for your exposure, mm-hmm. flash overrides, bald mode, um, all the standard features. They put a tripod socket on it. Thank you very much. Yes, that's yeah. nice. Yes. It's got a 94-millimeter lens. Now, in 35-millimeter cameras, 135 cameras, that's equivalent to a 45. So that's right at normal eyesight. It has a glass lens. There again, thank you very much. F stops F10 to F10. F22. Mm-hmm. I think John Fidelis is stuck on 22. Yeah. It could yeah. be. Could be. I don't know. <laughs> Shutter speeds, auto exposure of 8 seconds to uh, 1 250th of a second. Does have a built in remote control. 10 second countdown timer, self timer, and a remote. Three zone focus. Eh, kind of figured out. It's. 0.8 meters, 1.25 meters to infinity. It roughs out to 2.5 feet. Then the second mode is 3.25 feet to 8.2 feet. And then finally, 8 feet to infinity. Feet. And beyond. And beyond. <laughs> Frame counter. It's on the top. It little, just little digital it just lights up. It tells you how many frames. So unlike using our old SX or our old cameras, SX Heavy Spectre mm-hmm. doesn't matter. They always reset to ten, and you put in eight. Throws you off a little bit. You always forget and shoot those last two on air. And uh, so it's it's nice. We've got an instant camera where the counter is actually accurate. There's a neat little panel that run down that runs down the back to do all your overrides with. So the only thing that really is on the front is the shutter button and to change your lens focusing zone. The lens is threaded. You can put filters on these. Wow. I have a couple. They, give they are. They, they gave right? you a splitzer and a close-up. A what? Splitzer. Yes, sir. It's a Splits your image into oh. because you can do more than one exposure. Splitzer. Splitzer. I also have... Oh. These are older filters, but they are um, ones, uh, not a polarizer. These just happen to be some neutral densities. Oh, okay. That's what you need on your camera, John. Yeah, you need yeah, to I throw some more darkness on there, Buzz. Yeah. <laughs> it's not quite black enough. The close-up, or what they call the portrait, reduces the focus down to um, one point, from 1.64 feet to 20 inches. Really? Not bad. Kind of nice. That came, or that's an extra that you can um, buy? Mine came maybe because I was in early on Kickstarter. Uh, I'm not sure bird. why I got graced those. So, Oh, Mark, you have a quick question? Uh, so I, I noticed that these filters are 30.5 millimeters. 30.5 millimeter threaded. So if you have an old um, Nikon... 950 cool picks with Ooh, 995 oh, cool too. picks sure that's the same size filters that they take and so you can often find those in junk bins or maybe exactly it's not and wow. they have close-up filters you can use and yes that, that are not technically an obsolete size at all no, no. so no. they cool. kind of had a resurgent so i've got all these cool things i've got all these options and i got some sweet ass film mm. and the moment of truth mm. the image quality Fantastic. On yours, maybe. <laughs> I have made yeah, that looks awesome. a gigantic, this is 13, 19 inch piece of paper. Of course, mm-hmm. it's a square image that I have scanned one of my little Instax square images from my. That's amazing. Pagal. That's the poster art for the Exorcist Part 5. Say, Does this not look right? fantastic? You just, you've just got to think wonderful. that Father Karras is going to start walking up here. From the Exorcist. Definitely. And uh, I had three shots left. I'd gone to a party with the Pagal, and it was foggy when I left, and I hit downtown Finley, and it was like magical. magical. 
when you shoot at a weird light situation like that, you know you're going to shoot one mm-hmm. and then make your exposure adjustment and then shoot another one. Three up, three down. Mm. Handheld? Handheld? I didn't have the pod with me, tripod with me. Didn't want to drag it around. I never do. So I used a lamp post. Lean on. I, I, yes, and I had to flip. I'm going to have to flip the camera. Now I can't flip the camera because of how the film is. It's got a mm-hmm. border that's... So I just put it up against the oh, lamp post nice. for a little bit of steady. It's a fast film. It's like a 640, I think, yeah, speed-wise yeah. or something like that. Yes. It was just like, ah. Uh. But I had taken this camera, as I'd mentioned, to a party, and it did what it's supposed to do. I shot pictures. I threw them down on the table. People are coming by. Ooh, uh, they pick them up. Ooh, they look at them. They're mm, talking to each other. Ooh. All at once, they're watching them develop. Mm. They haven't seen this forever. Ooh. They're smiling. That's then cool. they're laughing. Then they're sharing. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is what Instant's about. Yes. This is exactly what it's about. The excitement of photography. It is. Parties, especially parties. Yeah. It, just yeah. go. Can I see the yes. Sure. People go go Google over the like the, instant yes. shots. Right. Um, in as as a final or as a, as a wrap up, maybe I guess for this is expect to pay about a dollar, a few cents less to maybe dollar thirty an image. Ten shots per pack. Ten shots yeah. per pack, but I don't even think about that. What I think about is when I get one of my rare packs of Time Zero out of the fridge, and I'm thinking every time, yeah. dang it, this <laughs> is like eight to ten shots dollars a shot now and i've got that on my head instead of my photography right is the cost of it and not so much the cost of it too the rarity of it make each shot count you mm-hmm. can't get any more of this type of thing it's twice the pressure yeah you don't Tw- want that. Uh, all all the above the yes pressure. the pressure i've had my very first shot out of it i'm carrying the camera open walking along and just how i grip the camera shot a picture of the ground yes. but it happens it was perfectly exposed. <laughs> it was an abstract, but it looked great. You know, it did its job. It just was the ground. I have not truly enjoyed shooting instant photography in a long time like I have with the Pagal. So I, I kind of like consider my instant photography dry spell over because I just I just think this thing is magical. And I got I got really excited as I'm writing my show notes and I know that the most famous Pagal is the Pagal Square Square oh. in France. I'm thinking I bet they named all of them after cool squares. One of them's called Tiananmen, one up No, the other's black. White and the Pigal. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of blew that. That, yeah, that that little. They should have called me and asked me first. Anyway, I, I do. I truly love this camera. I am sorry that yours doesn't work, John. It's a, a, every positive thing you're saying is like a knife in me. <laughs> I'm so I'm sorry, like, John. You need to go to the Kickstarter well, page is, and hit contact. Yes. Yeah. Explain that you did a side by side. That you're avid maybe shooter. you should just even take both of them yeah, if you like. Your, but uh-huh. send a link to this podcast. So there you go, but, but you know, if if I had my way about anything that would be a change on this, and this is something I think you guys were talking about beforehand. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you no, want to do no, it? No, it's, it's good. I wish the image was a tiny bit bigger. Yeah, but no, you no. know what? Polaroid. Yes, and yeah. we already discussed that there may be an issue already mm. with the general overall appearance and framing of this well, looking the ratios of the, the ratios size, yeah. looking like sx70 times zero mm-hmm. um there could be some there was a bit of a kerfuffle in the news about uh-huh. polaroid threatening to sue fuji for their trademark of the square instant picture mm-hmm. uh-huh. and then we didn't hear anything so we don't know what's going on with that if yeah. it's actually a case if they're just looking they took care of it yeah well i would think that <laughs> hey, it would be hard to copyright a square image because they could say, "Well, six by six images." If you've got try anything well, today, instant. 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 Well, yeah. yeah. Do you remember on the Metal End Showcase Presents there was a filmmaker? I forget his name, but he had a film called "You Can't Copyright a Circle." I don't recall. Yeah, his name was Michael something. I don't even. I don't even know what you're talking about. <clears throat> it was a. Sh- it was a filmmaker. It was showed, on our show. It was what on the show? Metal End Showcase, and we showed his short film called "You Can't Copyright a Circle." 
You sure it's our Metal Land Showcase? Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was a different Metal Land Showcase. <laughs> of course way, it was. The Colorado Metal Land Showcase. Coming to Amazon Prime an and YouTube this film. fall. It was an abstract film. It was a, he was a surreal filmmaker hmm. or an abstract Let's filmmaker. Let's Google that. I have no memory. <clears throat> well, apparently you can not copyright a circle, but you can't copyright a square. You, oh, you're telling me you can copyright a square? Well, Polaroid has, ha- haven't they? <laughs> All right, take care, guys. Good night. <laughs> anyway, that that is my. So you uh, love it? Thumbs up. That you is need- my current love affair with the um, lomography. Yeah. We're also happy for you, Pagal. <laughs> I know you are. Can, can you go buy this camera? Can you go to Lomography's website? Yes, you can. All three colors are currently available. Put a little spice in your life and get the red one because you get a cool name too. Yeah. Go do it. Go do, do it, it, folks. Go do it. Go on, do it. When we come back, John's going to read a few letters before he has to hit the Ricky Road. I gotta go. Okay. But goodbye. Hey everybody, it's Michael Rosso here to tell you about something very exciting in the FPP online store. It's a brand new, well, it's a brand old, well, it's a brand new hand-rolled 35mm film. FPP hand-rolled EXP Vision 35mm film. This is 35mm Kodak motion picture film that was acquired from FPP listener Mike from Hawaii. Aloha, Mike. This film was properly stored in refrigeration and is now resting at the Film Photography Project. This is a motion picture film process ECN-2. That means that this film, like the other vision film in the FPP online store, can only be home processed. This is a great time to try some vision film. It's very inexpensive. It's very inexpensive, and the batch tests so far have been turning out very great. Why not give it a try? Kodak FPP hand-rolled EXP Vision 35mm film. It comes in three different flavors, 100 Daylight, 250 Daylight, and 500 Tungsten. It also comes in a box, nine rolls. Incredible. Check it out, filmphotographystore.com. Hey everybody, some big news. We're having our official 2018 Film Photography Project walking workshop this year. Yes. What are the dates, Leslie? The dates are Friday, August 3rd through Saturday, August 4th, and ending on Sunday, August 5th. Really? And what town will that be in, Matt? Finlay, Ohio. Lovely downtown Findlay, Ohio. <laughs> That's Black right, City, USA. Oh, oh. That's right. Come join us on those dates, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Findlay, Ohio. This summer, go to filmphotographyproject.com. You'll see right on the front homepage the the link to register. What else, Leslie? The link to register and get more information. <laughs> register yes. and. Get more information. You do need to register for this event. There is a $25 registration fee. We are having a reception on Friday night where we'll have some goodies. We hope to have some special guests. A cash bar (laughs) on Saturday. Saturday's a big day because there's all sorts of stuff going on. We're going to feed you some breakfast. and We're going to pump you up with some caffeine. And we are going to have our classic, not necessarily in this order, group shoot of everybody there out in front of the mansion. We are also going to do demos for you this year. Mm -hmm. Of course, we have our famous giveaway table. Also going on in town that weekend is something called our Steam Show. But included with the Steam Show is a classic large flea market. You can go down there for photographic opportunities or just fleas. <laughs> Later on in the evening, it starts late afternoon, we have cartoons. Cartoons on Main. And everybody from all around brings in their vintage automobiles and parks them. And that's under the street lights at night. So they just have that classic 1960s, just, just cruising. Wonderful to shoot. That's Saturday. Sunday? Hmm, should I divulge Sunday? Please do. Okay. If you would like to set in as audience on FPP 
recordings for the podcast, you will have an opportunity to do so. It's even possible that we will give the microphone to you. So it's going to be a jam-packed weekend. This is all in our planning stage. Things could change slightly. We could add some things to it. The important thing to remember is when this does go up, Film Photography Project's website, that you register right away. Our space is limited. We have always sold out. So it's important to do it early. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to see you in Finlay. Okay, hey, we're back. Hey, we've got a letter for John Treed. Is this on? Tasty, um, tasty. <clears throat> says, Michael, even though I now live in California, please read this with my native Texas, Texas accent. Okay, let me see. Texas is hard. You can do something. Hi, FPP gang. Just listen to episode 174. I want to... Wait, I'm sorry. I'm reading that way too fast you for just Texas. do Rick Grimes, yeah, Rick. Rick Grimes. Hey, no, he's from Georgia. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Uh, just listen to episode 174 and wanted to weigh in on the fact that you and the gang have been getting... Flack that you and the gang have been getting about accents and jokes. I love them particularly John's Phil Collins. <laughs> Boy! <laughs> Tell the haters to go to a different podcast. The world has become (laughs) way too divided and way too PC. Or you could tell them to take a long walk off a short Pierre. (laughs) Wait, that sounds too joisy. (laughs) Don't want to get the myth. Perhaps you should have a safe zone version of the podcast. Yeah, maybe. Second version. Or lastly, a line from my mother. Bless their little heart. Anyone from the U.S. South knows what that means, and that means... Yeah, isn't, isn't like F-U. F-U? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless you, little heart. <laughs> right? <laughs> so that was from uh, Bobby Brown. Not that one, it says. Oh, okay. Cheers. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> we have another letter for John. Uh, what, this one? No, I already read this read one. That. What else do we have for John? Yeah. Hold on, I'm playing that, with that my is. camera. Any candy? For John? Would you like some candy? Yes, please. Well, what, what happened to the Russians? Hold on, it's right here. <laughs> the Russians have just landed. You throw these out, Mike? This yes, behind um, came by a way of Findlay. And um, on the box, it says um, some stuff. And then here's some treats for the FPP guys, too. Stephen. Yeah. This is from Stephen Bassett in yes. California. All right. And I will have to say, because of what's in here, Spasiba a chocolate. Oh, we oui, Which would be? Yes, please. Russian. Thank oh. you for the chocolate. Oh. Box. What's that oh. piece of wood in there? Uh. Well, that's to pick your teeth with afterwards. No. No, really? these are just little that dreidel. That's a dreidel. It's yeah. a dreidel. Yeah. But look. We're going to have a spin off. Russian chocolates. Oh. Is that really Russian chocolate? Yes, it is. Yes. Do you think. Do you, ac- <laughs> do you actually think that Stephen Bassett would send us fake <laughs> real Russian chocolate? Real fake Russian chocolate. Fake Russian chocolate? It's not the way he well, does Well, Bassett things. doesn't exactly sound Russian, so... Well, it doesn't have to be. He just appreciates good chocolate. Well, Fake chews. All right. <laughs> <laughs> are, are there Russian or troll house, house cookies in there? Oh, oh good one. Oh, we're hot. All right, let me have a piece of that Russian. Let me know what you think here. Let me see. I'm just going to close my eyes. Okay. I'm going to do like... Random? Oh, okay, I'm going to eat it. This is what the podcast is all about. Absolutely. This is what the podcast... Wait a minute. You just you just double dipped. I picked this out. I picked this out. Oh, he got a little packing. This looks like Otherwise known as Excelsior. Ooh. What do we got for John to read? I have nothing. I'm passing out chocolate. Can't even can't, you can't even read this. Well, it's, it's Russian for the art I know it's good. It's I have Russian something called X A something A B A. Made in Ukraine. I can it, so. I can speak a little Russian, but I cannot. It's not very read sweet. It. Well, good. we got a sugar moratorium against them. I like the texture, though. Do you? Which Ooh. one did you get? It's got a little red label. Yeah. Oh, it's like oh anybody like chocolate and vanilla? Yeah. Like we'll like vanilla beans. Here. We'll see how I got bones. All right. Not sweet at all. Or it, does, it looks like <gasps> an MRE. I'm a, it's very Oh, tame. maybe it is. The, the, is that the ex- nougat? I don't know. Nougat? The exact like flavor nougat. of this. Does anybody remember what mm. Slim Fast Bars taste like <gasps> in the 80s? Yeah. This is exactly really? a Slim Fast Bar. Is that what your mom fed you? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's more like marzipan. Yeah, right. Oh yeah. no! Yeah, I got like a solid chocolate one. No, this is. Oh my gosh! This is slim fast. I lo- I like them, so it's. <laughs> uh, John Fideli is uh, leaving. Yeah. I gotta for, go. 
We're all uh, high on Russian candies. Uh, so enjoy. Well, I had a dark chocolate one that was really very good. Yeah, the, the dark chocolate was very subtle, the, the flavor. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. So uh, Matt says... Two weeks, two weeks. Has his... Uh, Tastes like a wood slim fast bar. <laughs> yeah, I already finished that. I'm moving on to... Uh, <gasps> Which one is that? Says, <laughs> some fruit. Uh, thanks, John. Lollipops right, and rainbows. Okay. Bye, John. <laughs> hey, we're back. Uh, we're going to get right into... Uh, John Fideli has left the building. See you later! We're going to get right into a book report presented by Mr. Mark O'Brien. Take it away, Mark. I've got a book that's just come, it's pretty much hot off the press. Um, it came out in March of 2018. And it's a book I've been waiting, anticipating for a while once I had seen it advertised. The book is called Holga, Photographs by Michael Kenna. Oh, I heard now, of that guy. Now, I have long been a Michael <laughs> Kenna fan. His photography is often shot liminally in the dusk and the early dawn t- times of, of the day and early evening. He often features nature and uh, man's interactions with nature in the form of architecture and, and so on. I love his work. It's just, it really uh, is oftentimes very introspective, often have ethereal qualities to, the, to his images, and they uh, just rich blacks and he just has excellent he's a master at what he does and I knew he shot with Hasselblad for most of his work mm-hmm. He, I saw the first exhibit of his work ever was oh probably 10 years ago or more in Ann Arbor and it was his the work he did on the River Rouge and it was just fantastic stuff. Uh, so I saw the announcement of this book. It had a picture of a flying white dove on the cover. And, it's, and everything in there was shot with a Holga. And I said, i got to get this. So I have to say that I am not disappointed with the content. I was quite surprised that he was shooting with a Holga. And it turns out, after reading the end of the book, he had been carrying a Holga with him for years while he was doing all his, all his uh, better-known work. If you crack this book open, the printing is wonderful. The images are all 7 by 7 inches inside. Really, I think, drove home the fact that anyone who is a master at their technique can do wonderful stuff with very simple cameras. Hand them anything, they'll make yep, it. Yeah, you can make, you can just give them a pinhole camera and they'll do something cool with it. And the, the thing is, the Holga itself is somewhat malleable. I mean, you, once you figure out what you can do with it, you can set it to bulb mode and put it on a tripod and take longer images. And it's obvious that Kenna did this for lots of images because there's no way you're going to get those with a single instantaneous um, exposure. They're luscious photographs. Um, they're from all over the world, especially a lot of this are from Asia mm-hmm. when he was um, shooting over there. It's the old axiom, it's not the camera, but the photographer that wields it really does hold true here. His use of the Holga is really indicative of his vision and his craft, and the book is a real gem. I'm going to pass this around for you guys to look at. Yes, please. It's it's put out by Prestel Verlag in Munich, London, and New York. It's about 60 bucks. I would say if you're interested in good photography and if you like images from toy cameras, you'll be astounded with this because it is just fantastic. And I'll pass this around. You guys can go ooh and ah if you'd like. But there's some stuff in here. When you look at it, your initial response is he couldn't have used a Holger for this, but when you actually look at things for a little longer, you can see the the vignetting and the, the softness around the edges. But the stuff that he shoots are really just phenomenal. I mean, they're just really excellent work. So, thank you, Michael. It's a fantastic uh, amount of work that you put in for this, and I think people will really appreciate it and maybe give the Holger even more love. Yep. And, of course, uh, it was announced late last year that the Holga, there was this big thing about a Holga being end and no right. more Holgas, and then it came back. It came back, and I think it's just one model. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, I've shot with a Holga for a long time, and I've had my share of images I thought were really good. I look at his work with it, and I go, holy mackerel, this guy, he really... He knows his craft really well. He knows his subjects really well, and he knows what kind of what he needs to get in exposure. And that's with any camera. If you learn it and know its 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 capabilities, and you can adjust everything to what you want to get out of it, you'll have a, a much better result. Thank you, Mark. When we come back, film doctor X will be here. 
to answer some film questions. You from KTEL Records, 22 explosive hits, 22 original stars, gallery. Oh, it's so nice to be with you. The great Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, the candy man can. Olivia Newton-John. Hamilton, Joe, Frank, and Reynolds. Don't pull your love out on me. Derek and the Domino's big hit, Layla. Osmond's, Detroit Emeralds, Millie Jackson, Flash, April Wine, Charlotte's, Pop Tops, Fortune. Here comes that rainy day feeling again. Joe Simon. You got power in your kiss. Lobo. Hot Butters, Popcorn. And many more. Get KTEL's 22 explosive hits now. 22 original stars and one great stereo LP. Only $3.99. Hey, we're back. I just want folks to know about uh, Alan Ross and Alan Ross Workshops. And to tell us about that is Mr. Matt Mirage. Hey, so, wow, it's almost going to... It's going to be three years this year since I was uh, I got to go out to New Mexico and hang out with Alan for uh, for a week. I'm flying. Yeah, under his tutelage, uh, he we we know we email uh, at least once a quarter. We have a little back and forth to tell each other what we're up to, share some photos and stuff. And he's just a really cool guy to keep up with. He shot me an email uh, a couple weeks back, letting me know that. Not only is he just doing travel, he always travels the world doing all sorts of cool location workshops. Well, here in the good old US of A this year, he's got two film only workshops coming back. Film mm-hmm. is making a big enough comeback that he has to have film only workshops available. So the two big ones that you should mark your calendars for mark or look calendar. Yeah, look out for. Um, the first one, kind of the warm up for the big one. Uh, this is going to be a two-and-a-half-day workshop, July 13th through 15th. Uh, it's called Crafting the Fine Silver Print. Uh, and this is going to be taking place, uh, let's see, the Dallas Center for Photography. So they're going to be there, and it's going to be fine art printing, black and white, silver gelatin, uh, using a wide variety of 20th and 21st century black and white printing techniques. If you register before... Uh, well, we have about a month to pre-register for this one. So if you uh, pre-reg before June 13th, uh, you can get it at a really nice price for that. I guess he's doing it for $5.90 on that instead of six fifty, dollars to so save a couple bucks. Yes. But that's, that's like the cool one. If you want to do the awesome uh, workshop he's doing, he has gotten permission from the Ansel Adams Gallery as well as... Uh, a park you might have heard of, Yosemite. Oh, yes. Uh, That's doing, where Yogi hangs out. It's <laughs> pronounced Yosemite. Yo, yo, Yosemite, exactly. Uh, he is doing a, uh, a five-day workshop in Yosemite with film only in the style of Ansel Adams crafting the fine silver image with Alan Ross. So they're going to be out there in the park shooting processing printing start to finish in the Ansel Adams gallery uh, that's a really really neat workshop that's going to be October 9th through October 13th so uh, registration for that is uh, it's already filling up spots it's kind of a cool thing and it's just nice to see that uh, film is seeing enough of a resurgence that you know bigger manufacturers are paying attention to it uh, and folks that are educating in it are seeing the value to uh, show those trying to differentiate themselves uh, you know how to get better with their film Matt do you know anyone that's attending um, I am uh, I'm trying to work work things around so I can make uh, make the October because uh, I've never been out to Yosemite I know that's like a sin right I, I shoot large format and I haven't done any of this stuff uh, but I can speak from experience um, an hour of Alan's time is is a huge value, let alone a few days uh, with him. You know, critiquing how you not even critiquing, just asking you, "Hey, why is it you're doing this?" Or how about what, have you tried this yet? Or this? It, whenever you take a workshop, it's not the it's not the big overarching kind of themes to the workshop, like "Oh, I'm going to leave a legendary photographer." No, but you're going to pick up I'm the sorry. little the little things that photographers do. So all those little small things that you don't even think about, but you develop over the years. That's what you go to to a workshop to see. And also, if it's a group workshop like these are, you'll also be around other photographers at or you know slightly above or below your skill level. So it's also encouraging at the same time. It's just going to be a really awesome thing. Uh, you can go to um, 
Alan Ross's uh, website, alanrossphotographer.com. We're going to have a link in the show notes for that. Um, it is uh, a plug for him, but he's an awesome dude, and I, I still owe him for uh, yeah having me out Lunch. a few years back. Yeah, a couple of things, uh-huh. yeah. But it's, uh, it's a really cool thing, so you guys should check it out. Thank you, Matt. I have a letter to read. Oh, Mark O'Brien with a letter. Take it away, Mark. Um, this came from another Mark, Mark Winslow and, uh, in Standish, Michigan. He says, hello, gang. I've been listening to the podcast for about two years now, and I'm slowly going through the old ones as well. I like all aspects of the podcast, from the equipment reviews, film and processing discussions, the clowning around, but I really like the time you devote to book reviews. I hope that you always take time to bring books to our attention. In your last podcast, Mark O'Brien reviewed a book about Bill Rauhauser, 20th Century Photography in Detroit, and being a Michigan native, I found the review very interesting. Interesting enough to acquire the book at the Michigan Library Exchange. Not only were the photos remarkable, but the biographic text of Mr. Rauhauser was equally fascinating. What I found interesting about him was that when he was in the twilight of his career, in his 80s, I believe, he embraced digital and pretty much set his film equipment aside, closed his darkroom, and eliminated chemical processing and darkroom drudgery. With that said, though, he also warned of the dangers of digital manipulation to the, authentic, to the authenticity of the art of photography. This sort of begged the question within me as to how many other photographers from his generation felt the same about digital or who may have at least use it to some degree. It's also interesting to me that many of your followers first got into photography in, in the world of digital and have migrated since to film, or perhaps use both mediums. Myself, I started with film in the mid-70s, got away from photography for a few years, and jumped back into digital frenzy. I now dabble in both methods. Personally, I think there's a place in the world of photography for both, the digital and film, but I'm also concerned about protecting the integrity of what photography is all really all about. Perhaps in a future podcast, when the whole gang is there, you could have a Discussions about this. I could ramble on. We'll stick a sock in it. Keep up the good work. Don't forget those book reviews, Mark Winslow. Thanks, Mark. And I think those are good things to to bring up sometime. And I'm glad you enjoyed the book about by Bill Rauhauser because uh, I met him and he was doing a book signing at, at the time. And uh, really a fantastic gentleman and a very astute photographer of Detroit. Thank you, Mark. And wasn't the gentleman that wrote the letter? Uh, Mark Winslow. Thank you, Mark. 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 A new segment here on the FPP, which I'm thrilled about. Every day, (laughs) we receive emails from folks, and I kind of, you know, some I can answer, some I forward to Leslie, some I forward to Matt. Mm -hmm. Hey. Uh, I haven't inducted Mark O'Brien yet. Uh, You will not escape. But it's getting to be, I'm, I'm calling ourselves now Film Doctor. Because a lot of times we have to kind of diagnose perfect word uh, mm-hmm. a situation, and we're always, I guess, because um, we're selling so much film, and people are shooting the film they buy from the FPP, and yes, lots of new film users, lots of them, yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. new film users. Uh, there are problems arising, and it's not surprising because think of all the vintage cameras out there, and all these vintage cameras. I mean, the first thing I think when I see a letter, and I'm going to turn it over to Leslie. I'm going to shut up in a second. The first thing I think is there's so. The first thing I think is, what response do I have? Because there are so many factors involved. It's like user error, uh, chemistry processing error, camera error. Almost going to leave out film error because. It's almost never a film error mm-hmm. because companies, especially Kodak, they're so good with their film that it's almost never a film stock issue. That's because, great. because film is, unless it's mishandled, it's film. Yeah. It's film. Uh, but we've received so many questions that we're now starting our new segment, and it's going to be called Multiple th- Things. I'm going to call a film Dr. X. Leslie's going to call it The Doctor is In. The Doctor, the doctor is, in. is In. And uh, I'd like to turn this over to uh, Dr. Uh, Lazenby, 
CPC. I think that's Lazenby. It, it may be at that point. <laughs> Why does it say Lazenby? Just to make it look different because it doesn't read. Really, I'm not Z's really. get degrees, my friend. <laughs> there you go. What is a but CPC? A CPC stands for Certified Photographic Counselor, which years ago you had to take a test to be a certified photographic counselor, which I did. And then you could put it on your business card, hang it on your shingle, whatever it is you want to do. But it was to give the public more confidence when they walked in the door that there was a trained professional at your service. Well, yes and no, because my boss at the time made me take his test as well. So he really wasn't, you know, he didn't earn his degree. I got it for him. I'm a CPC two times over. But, um, and Michael's exactly right about this. You just have to kind of look at this. When you send a question in, um, we just have to get very diagnostic about it. And when you do... You're not going to get an answer probably right away because we have to start asking you questions. And I started thinking about them, everyone, as being patients. And so I have kept um, a few of these little patient stories so that now you, too, can enter into the, the amazing but two stories from the FPP emergency room. <laughs> Stat. So, Sometimes we can save you, sometimes we can't. So I've got just um, kind of two short ones today. And the first one is um, to protect identity is simply patient number five. (laughs) Patient number five says, I have processed film before, but I have never had pink negatives. Okay, here's what we ask. What film are you using? I'm using T-Max P3200. And what developer are you using? Extol stock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Diagnosis. This is how I just look at all of them. T-Max films and some other films may have a pink cast to them because of the anti-halation dyes mm-hmm. in their backing. You may have noticed that pre-wet water comes out tinted mm-hmm. on a lot of your films. A lot of times you wash a lot of that dye out from the beginning, but not always, to remove it. You can pre-wet a little longer and be pretty, pretty healthy on that agitation. Fix it to the max. Longer fix. So the T-Max. Exactly. And, and other films, that there are some others that do give you, you think, oh, it's kind of got a little cast to it. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Fix it to the max. If it says three to five minutes, go for the five minutes. Uh, as usual, I have always found that an archival bath at the end to cut your wash time down also helps to remove this dye. Sure does. Now, do not be alarmed if you did not pre-wet long enough, and when you pour your developer out, it's got a bit of a tint to it, and you're thinking, but it's stuck, and I wanted to use it over. Have I ruined it? You have not contaminated anything. No problem. Go right ahead. It's right. It's... No problem. And most of the time, once it hits the rest of that stock, it's exactly not remain pink. Yeah, it doesn't. You come back and you'll think, "Oh, I thought it was pink." Now, should you end up hanging them up to to dry and they've got the pink t- tint to them from round one, way back many years ago, Kodak has said this pink tint doesn't hurt anything. It does not change how you print. It's not strong enough to change on a multi-contrast paper. It also actually fades a bit in time on its own. Once the light hits it, Mm -hmm. just natural, even subdued, it'll fade in time. So if you do get it, if you do get a nasty pink tint, don't be afraid. You can wash it longer if it bothers you. Fix a little longer if it bothers you. Um, use a archival wash, and a lot of times that really takes care of things. But for um, patient number five, you're fine. You did well. Pay your bill on your way out. <laughs> so since that was a short one, I'm going to also do patient number seven. Ooh. Patient number seven says, I have been processing my own black and white film, and it's curling. Hmm. It drives... Well, this is my terminology. It drives me nutsickles when I scan it. <laughs> okay, got to ask him what's going on here. Yep. Home process black and white? Yes. What can we film? Triax. Oh. Uh oh. Okay, Triax. Uh, is it curling like a spiral curl, like a, a hair curl on a girl, you know, spiraling curling? Or is it cupping? 
Cupping is kind of like a tunnel. If you lay it down, the sprocket hole areas might touch the glass, but it will curve up Mm -hmm. um, away from the glass through the center, and that's referred to as cupping. It doesn't matter. They are both maddening when it comes to scanning. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not so bad when you print. If you're doing a traditional print... You're putting this into a negative care, and man, it just squeezes it flat. It's right. it's fine, but um, yeah, it's you try to put a cupped negative into uh, like an Epson film holder. Uh, yeah, you'll okay. learn to cuss. <laughs> Mm-hmm. If you don't already, it's very frustrating. It yeah. really is. I have pretty much just eliminated. This, the holders to begin with. Shoot Sfema. Uh, yes. <laughs> but, Next. But, 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 yeah, exactly. I'm going to give you a prescription for Sfema Film 200, and I'd like you to use the roll a week. Um, the diagnosis. How can we get rid of this? Well, typically we hang our film to dry, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. But if you send a roll of film into a commercial processor, it doesn't come back like that. They're using a heated dryer. Mm. If it gets some heat... When it dries, it's going to curl a lot less. It's going to cup a lot less. You don't want to turn your hair dryer on it and melt it. Nope. But a lot of times, too, what I do is I just forget about it, and I tape my negatives down to my scanner, the scanner glass. I tape them with the cupping part going up. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tape them with that curl going down. I'm going to get a Newton's ring. Yep. So I'll probably have to flip it over. I've scanned them. I've scanned them in reverse. What are Newton's rings? Newton's rings is when really, 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 really smooth uh, surfaces meet, the and they make these cute little rings, little concentric like, circles. Yeah. Ah, you know, where did that come from? Newton's rings. Another thing that I do is a lot of times I may process a roll of film in the evening at home, but I'll scan them at work. So if I've got a particularly curly roll of film or a cupping roll of film, I will back roll it, emulsion out, mm-hmm. be careful, you can scratch, emulsion out, and I'll put it back into the film can. I'm back rolling it. By the time I get to work the other day, these things fling out of the can nice and flat. Another method is to fight the little boogers, put them in a negative sleeve. Mm-hmm. Like a page, like mm-hmm. print file. Yep. Now, what you're going to need help with is when you slide those in, it's going to kind of fight you. So the the end of the roll that is going into the sleeve, you want to nick those little sharp corners yep. off. So it doesn't That cut. will really, really help get that negative in the sleeve. Then once you get it in the sleeve, weight it down with a book or something. That's what I do. Yep. And uh, you come back in a day or so. Pretty darn easy. They're pretty flat at that point. That is the last patient we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. I have got a tea time here coming up in three minutes, and I've got to get the hell out of Dodge here. Thank you, Leslie. You are welcome. Thank you, Dr. Lazenby. You got it. Um, Don't forget, take your vitamins. If you have some uh, conundrum on your... Right. side of the world. Uh-huh. You could write to The Good Doctor, a podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Mm-hmm. We'll try to take care of uh, whatever your dilemma is, and uh, we'll give you a prescription. That's correct. And we'll be right back. Introducing the amazing Minolta Maxim, the world's easiest SLR, because it alone has built-in automatic focusing. Look, Maxim's autofocus lets you get perfect shots before others can even focus. Change lenses. Maxim again gets the shots that used to get away. Only the human eye focuses faster. Minolta Maxim. Only from the mind of Minolta. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us on this podcast. Uh, tweaks, tweaks. As I had mentioned, uh, you can write to us, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Uh, please do give us a like on the Facebook uh, we're on the Flickr. We have a Flickr forum. Uh, and you know what? Next show, we'll open up with Flickr forum. Sometimes there are some really interesting topics, people talking about stuff. Uh, and um, it's a nice uh, it's a nice um, community yeah. on there. We're all on the Flickr forum. Uh, also, if you like to watch videos, uh, our YouTube channel is called Film Photography Tube. I do a lot of reviews on that channel, uh, as well as if you really dig, you'll find all of our old walking workshops, 
uh, videos and lots of other fun stuff. So we'll see you in two weeks, and we'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> and a goodbye.